the usual misunderstandings of a married couple. And if you guys watch The House of the Dragon, you can really tell how one small misunderstanding can wage war. <laughs> Hey Zesties, you're listening to the Gleeful Talk Show, where we share zesty stories to cultivate the happiness and hero within and out. Here we talk about personal experiences, pop culture, and societal impacts. Please don't forget to follow and rate this podcast wherever you're listening right now, or go to gleefultalkshow.com. Please follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. That's at Gleeful Talk Show. I also recently launched my blog. That's theambivertlife.com if you're keen on following me outside of this podcast. If you'd like to give me a cup of coffee or two, please head down to the episode notes to find out how. For those who are not much of an avid TV watcher, Mrs. Maisel is actually the character from the show The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel at Amazon Prime. So it's not an interview with Mrs. Maisel Sasti, so I hope I haven't misled you. <laughs> so in the previous episode, I talked about my recent travel that made me realize to watch TV less. Well, Zesties, I'm not saying that it was an easy road because TV is really addicting and it has been a conscious effort to move away from it. You know, I just wished I get paid to watch TV, really. Is there a job that pays you to watch TV? If so, please hire me, please. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I don't watch TV anymore. So it just needs to be on, in moderation and a conscious effort, unfortunately for me. So Zesties, why would I want to talk about this show? First, it's because it's funny. Second, it's cerebral and it's very thought-provoking. So, hear me out, Zesties, especially to the women listening to this episode. This show is set in the 1950s and early 1960s. And why do I think that's very important to note? Because this show portrays the societal change during that era in a satirical, funny, and adorable way. It depicts how women were actually treated during those times, the society and its mindset, and the tiny spark of change that has set our modern society as a whole and also about comedy, but we'll get to that later. I have seen this pop up on Amazon Prime quite a lot because this is a Prime original, but I wasn't that enamored at first. I'm not really a period type of gal unless it's fantasy, but boy, this one is for the books. This episode is part review, part societal commentary zesties, where I share my realizations while I'm watching this show. I'm that type of person who watches TV and tries to dig deeper into what the show actually wants to say. <laughs> like the message of the show so i don't know if it's just me that's being weird or i'm reading too much on it and some people would find it unnecessary to think while watching tv but as a self-proclaimed artist myself i'm very interested on the message that a type of art form wants to send its audience how about you zesties do you sometimes think about these types of learnings and messages by simply watching tv or is it more of a pastime for you let me know in your comments 
I'll try my very best, Zesties, to not give any spoilers, but it would be extremely hard to share the learnings if I wouldn't describe some of the scenes. However, I really encourage you to watch this not only for its comedy, but its poignant message. So, this show is about Mrs. Miriam Maisel, or Midge for short. She's a Jewish-American housewife living in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, New York. Well, I haven't been to the U.S., so I just googled how this place was back in the period it was set in. And the Upper West Side is a neighborhood that lies between Central Park and the Hudson River and between West 59th Street and West 110th Street. This area is primarily residential, filled with brownstone and luxury apartment buildings. So this just tells us that Midge is a woman in the upper class. This area is also home to a lot of landmarks, and one of this is the Columbia University, where Midge's dad teaches mathematics. In the first few episodes of the season, like I was really telling myself, what's the point of this show? Because... I haven't read any reviews or really looked into this show before watching it. I did not have an ounce of idea what it is about. So initially, I thought it was about a magician because of the word marvelous, right? It's like the great Houdini or something like that. Well, it's actually quite similar because, you know, it's like it's a performer and an artist. So in a way, but not really. Anyway, Midge is a beautiful, gorgeous woman. She's actually perfect or near perfect, if there is perfect, and a perfect housewife too. She measures herself every day. Like, I mean, not only from the waist, but at the ankles, calves, toes, upper torso, like almost everything, almost her head. But anyway... <laughs> This depiction really made me realize how women were raised to be perfect back in those days and sometimes even now, unfortunately. And that was like 60 years ago? Can you imagine that? That's how hard it is to get rid of mindsets, societal mindsets, generational mindsets. Anyway, she does everything so perfectly, like cooks for her husband, she cooks really well brisket, be extremely pretty and well put together, to the point that she waits for her husband to sleep before she washes her makeup off and wakes up before her husband to put on her makeup and hairdo. Can you imagine that life has ceased? I mean, that could have been an exaggeration of the show, but that just goes to show how the mindset was back then. And also a part of the comedy, but I mean, geez. Her mom does the same too, and perhaps her mom's mom, which wasn't really shown in the show, but it made me think of the seventh generation principle, which is based on an ancient philosophy of the Hodenosanig confederacy i hope i pronounce it right it's an ancient philosophy to think of the seventh generation coming after you in words work and actions and to remember the seventh generation who came before you so it's like seven generations of mindset i feel now zesties i know this is reading too deep into the message even though it wasn't really there but i was just triggered about that scene that's why even after 60 years, that notion of women trying to be perfect is still within us. And that includes me, unfortunately. Although it maybe it's just a personality trait in my case, but 
it could also be shaped by my society and my environment, right? So that was the start of where I picked interest on the show. So Midget's husband is named Joel, and he is also a Jewish American, and his family owns a fabric factory or something to do with fabrics. So both families are in the upper class. The couple goes to the Gaslight Cafe where Joel performs stand-up comedy. Mitch considers this a shared hobby and unaware that Joel actually wants to be a professional comic. Although in the latter parts of the episode or the season, Joel admitted that he thinks that Midge wants him to be a comic. The usual misunderstandings of a married couple. And if you guys watch The House of the Dragon, you can really tell how one small misunderstanding can wage war. <laughs> anyway, so there was a time that Joel sucked at a performance, which is actually every time he goes to the gaslight. But th there was a time that it was really, really bad. And that was the start of when things drastically changed and the show became more interesting and it steered to the direction it is going. Before this happened, actually, as I said earlier, Mitch was the perfect wife. She cooks, cleans, does the house chores, helps Joel with his side gig, everything. But it wasn't enough. Joel treated Mitch not like a slave, but I feel like a secretary. So it's like, oh, did you get this? Did you bring that? Although you might say it's because Joel is the breadwinner of the family and Midge is at home. But then Zesties, you are still stuck in the 1960s. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know how I could have handled being a woman at those times. I'm not a feminist, but I'm also all for woman empowerment. Since the dawn of time, women were treated as objects as second-class citizens, and although this has gradually changed over time, it may not be true for some households even now. So I guess it would take another century for humanity to completely change this mindset, or am I just too skeptical? Anyway, although Joel loves Mitch dearly, at that time, clearly he doesn't value her that much until an incident happened. Well, Zesties, I've only just been watching season 2 and starting season 3, and this series is still ongoing. So I don't have much info yet, and I want you guys to watch it. But there are really thought-provoking messages through comedy that this show has offered, which I truly appreciate. So continuing on, spoiler alert... Mitch realized that she wanted to become a comic, and she was actually really good, but in a spontaneous manner. Realizing that spontaneity wouldn't really get her to the top of her craft, she decided to hone her skills. And honing your skills, Zesties, will include a whole lot of work, dedication, practice, and failures. Well, not really failures, but more of lessons, like sometimes the hard way. In this period around 1960s, there were no women comic. In the show, there was one, but she had to create a persona that she's fat, ugly, and from Queens, which in reality isn't. So the message that I got from that is that maybe men couldn't handle a successful woman or there are some men who couldn't 
handle a successful woman. And this still is sometimes could be a universal mindset up to this day. Some men just couldn't handle successful women. But I'm glad I married one who can and is supportive of it. So in the show, there was one woman comic. And in one of Midge's sets, she actually said comedy is fueled by oppression, by the lack of power, by sadness and disappointment, by abandonment and humiliation. Now, who the hell does that describe more than women? Judging by those standards, only women should be funny. Unquote. This really got me. There was no woman professor as well. And women just go to the university to catch men. And then what do they do with their degrees? Become a housewife. Not that being a housewife is an easy job. No way. I think it's one of the hardest jobs. But that doesn't really mean that women should be confined to that profession. And to be honest, as much as I would like to be a housewife, I think that maybe it's not my calling or maybe I just couldn't afford to be one anyway. There are people who are really good at home and unfortunately, I'm not there yet. My husband is much better at me in some aspects at home, thank God. So we are like half and half, which is good. But women back in the day were bred to be it, the housewife, you know? Anyway, working women were not the norm back then, although they can work at the makeup counter or a call center agent if they are considered not pretty, but nothing that involves too much thinking. So there was even a line in the show that says, it's the bras and the girdles and the corsets, all designed to cut off the circulation to your brain. (laughs) What a shame. Although this notion has changed over the years and could be a contributor of the population decline, amongst other things. So the show also depicts perfectly how things worked back then. Things like you can smoke at work or at home or basically anywhere. Industrialization was not much of a thing and there's a separate discussion about that, I think. And banking wasn't that much of a thing either. Well, more of Joel's parents' generation, but, you know, it was just the start of the banking kind of thing. So it was starting to change in a subtle way over the years and with the progression of the episodes. Sustainability wasn't a thing in the past either. So there was a scene where Joel was talking about making a lot of toys from plastics, etc. So these subtle nuances, which makes you think of how society has progressed over time since then. But are we progressing too much for the better or for worse? What do you think, Zesties? Anyway, mid-season two, the show portrays how Midge juggled being a budding comic on top of her other roles in life, such as being a mother, daughter, friend, and working woman, which I truly appreciate, you know, showing that side. The only thing is that she is rich, so she wasn't really used to doing things like sleeping in a motel or, you know, like a bellman bringing her luggages to her room. So she is learning these things as she go, which is same for all career-driven mothers out there. By the way, I saw a reel on Instagram and can't remember who said it, but she said, quote, why do we call working mothers working mothers? Isn't Being a mother, a work out of itself, unquote. Amen, sister. I guess this term was coined before and we just got used to it. 
In the olden days of society, women did not have the opportunity to work and it was their duty to be a mother. And this reminds me of Queen Emma in House of the Dragon when she told Rhaenyra that childbirth is the women's battlefield. So there you go. Also, the show explored other aspects of family dynamics, which I won't discuss much in detail just because I'm avoiding giving too much info. But let me know if you would like me to discuss in another episode. When I dug deeper on what this show was about, I realized that this was actually based on the life of Joan Rivers. I thought that name rings a bell and now I remember. I think I saw her on TV when I was younger, but she was old already at that time. And Mrs. Maisel is dressed impeccably while having a quote-unquote foul mouth, considered unladylike back in the day and sometimes even today. And so that was also how Joan Rivers drive her comedy. Like Mrs. Maisel, Joan Rivers was a Jewish divorcee from a wealthy family who took up comedy in her 30s to give voice to the experiences of women through edgy stream-of-consciousness stand-up. I haven't seen Joan Rivers do her set, but from what I can see with Mrs. Maisel, she is really, really good in improvisation. I think comedians are really witty people. And based on my research... Lenny Bruce, who is also a character on the show, was actually a real person and he was also reverse secret champion. I feel like everyone should have a secret champion, don't you think? Like maybe your partner, a friend, or someone who believes in you, you know? So there were real-life characters in their real-life stage name being mentioned on the show and one of those was Lenny Bruce. During those times, actually... Swearing on stage, being political, unladylike, vulgar, you name it, was not accepted yet. So Mrs. Maisel and the real Lenny Bruce had been arrested multiple times. Lenny Bruce actually paved the way for counterculture era comedians. His trial for obscenity in 1964 was a landmark of freedom of speech in the U.S. Wow, impressive. It's like using art for a greater cause. I can't imagine how hard it would have been at that time. Being arrested for, you know, those things that you say, which is now we know as freedom of speech. But sometimes I think some platforms also take them down. So anyway, Lenny Bruce was a social critic, satirist, and was known for his comedy about politics, religion, sex, education, and vulgarity. 37 years after his death, he was granted a posthumous pardon for his obscenity conviction. Can you imagine that 37 years after his death? It's really admirable how brave these people are, fighting for freedom of speech, paving way for a greater cause. It's extremely remarkable. Anyway, I digressed, <laughs> zesties, but if I haven't told you enough on how good this show is to the point that I cannot stop watching, I really need to have discipline in this area of my life. <laughs> well, it is actually a critically acclaimed series that won loads of awards. The Golden Globe Award for the Best Television Series, Comical or Comedy in 2017, the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Series in 2018, among other things. Well, not surprising. 
I also like the production. It's 4K, Ultra HD. The costumes, the music. It's like watching a theater play on television. I noticed that Amazon original series have really great production, so kudos to them. And if you zesties would like me to talk about The Rings of Power that's out on Amazon Prime, also please let me know. Anyway, zesties, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoy this episode and at least convince you to watch three episodes of this show before making your verdict. So let me know what you think of this show. And I'd like to give a shout out again to Raru Suchin for being a patron of this podcast. If you'd like to give me a cup of coffee or two, please head down to the episode notes to find out how. Thank you and stay tuned next week.